Hello and welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Hi, friends. Hi. What up? You guys ready for a great day? It is a good day. It's episode day. It's Rebecca's episode day. Woo! Are you guys ready for an episode? I never know with you. (laughs) (laughs) I am. To be fair. I have faith in you. Am I the wild card? No. Yeah. I don't know. You guys both are. I'm just like, everybody dies. The end. (laughs) For me, it's a toss-up of whether you'll understand it or hate it. Precisely. (laughs) Por que no les dos? I don't understand it and I hate it. Welcome to most of the people who meet me. I love you. I just don't understand your topics sometimes. You're too big-brained for me. I think you'll like this one. Okay. Okay. So, Elmer McCurdy was born on January 1st, 1880, to Sadie McCurdy, who was at the time unmarried and 17 years old. Oh. Story goes, they were unsure who his father was. So, basically, to save face, because it was 1880, her brother, George, and his wife, Helen, adopted Elmer. In 1890, after George died of tuberculosis, the family moved to Bangor, Maine. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly or colloquially. I don't know. I'm sorry. Sounds good to me. Cool. Look at you getting all fancy. I said, what's it like to be big brained? It was here that Sadie told Elmer that they didn't know who his father was. Right about this time is when Elmer started acting out and picked up a drinking habit that would stay with him for the remainder of his life. How How old old was he? he? A 10-ish. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he was born in 1880 and we're now in 1890. Oh, oh. so that's perfectly acceptable for a 10-year-old to have a drinking problem. Times were different. Just kidding. It's Actually, not. in 1890, did we have child labor laws yet? Because I remember seeing lots of pictures of kids I don't smoking think so. and drinking in mills. So maybe that is about average. Who knows? That's crazy. Moving on. Elmer went to live with his grandfather for a while. It was at this point he started an apprenticeship as a plumber. He was a competent worker. He was able to hold down a job until 1900. It was also this year he lost his mother to an ulcer in August and his grandfather to Bright's disease in September. He lost her to an ulcer? Yeah. I have an ulcer on my tongue. No, you're you're fine. (laughs) You're not going to die. You are fine. It's been real, guys. (laughs) It is 2020. Things Antibiotics have, have been discovered. You're fine. Like I said, everyone dies, <laughs> including me. Let me tell you why it's not. Um, <laughs> so what is Bright's disease? I looked this up because I was curious because I didn't actually know what it was. Um, has something to do with the kidneys. <coughs> That's what I understood. That's good research, Rebecca. <laughs> well, you want to hear what I copy pasted from Google? Yes. Bright's disease, also called glomerulonephritis or nephritis, uh-huh. in- inflammation of the structures in the kidney that produce urine, the glomeruli and the nephrons. The glomeruli are small round clusters of capillaries, microscopic blood vessels that are surrounded by a double walled capsule called Bowman's capsule. Does that answer your question? Of course. Y'all yeah. didn't know about the kidney capillaries? And the Bromans? Standard knowledge. Moving on. Because <laughs> none of us know what that is. Elmer moved around. His alcoholism landed him misdemeanor and aided in him not being able to hold down a job. And he was like 20s. 20s-ish, yeah. In his 20s. In 1907, Elmer joined the army and was assigned to Fort Leavenworth in Kansas. During his service, he became a machine gun operator and 
received training for nitroglycerin for demolition purposes. So, a no offense to anyone who suffers, because obviously we've been open about our struggles too, but an alcoholic with mental health issues became a machine gun operator and and was trained in nitroglycerin. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Good job, military of the 1900s. I mean, 1907. Oh, no. And it's like, when I was researching this, demolition purposes wasn't in quotes, but I feel like it was in quotes. I feel like this guy is going to be the next, like, big doctor that you're going to talk about. Really good stand-up guy. Just the best for the community. Because Rebecca covers a lot of those. I mean, so many. It's a (laughs) toss-up with me. In 1910, Elmer was honorably discharged on November 7th and just kind of started roaming around again. He met up with an army buddy. On November 19th, Elmer and his friend were arrested for the possession of the following chisels. Mm-hmm. hacksaws, mm-hmm. funnels for nitroglycerin and gunpowder, <laughs> and money sacks. Oh. <laughs> well, that's probably not a good combination Look, of things. That's um, circumstantial evidence. Exactly. Elmer told the judge that these items absolutely were not intended for bulgary. Bulgary? Bulgary. Bulgar. Behaviorally. Burglary? That one. Burglar. Robbery. To, to take things that aren't his. <laughs> Burglarizing. <laughs> For thievery. So I know you see these, Judge, but they don't mean what you think it means. They are supposed to be tools to help us invent a foot-operated machine gun. Dude. Because that makes sense. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. That oh, would be pretty fun. Dude, just thinking about some of the bands Matthew listens to and those drummers that are just right. like... <laughs> Can you imagine like a paddle boat? Oh my God. With a machine gun? Dude. Okay. Paddle boats are hard enough to paddle. Well, like the mechanism. You put a gun on top of there that I have to control. You might go backwards. I probably would. We talked about that once. We did on a Patreon bonus episode. Oh, that wasn't this. Okay, cool. <laughs> Elmer was deemed not guilty on January 11th, 1911. His career as a bank and train robber began shortly after. Uh Luckily, he had his former training with nitroglycerin to fall back on. So this segment is called Nitroglycerin and why Rebecca is on yet another list. (laughs) Because when I went to Google this, I was like, nitroglycerin. It was like, here are the medical uses for this. I'm like, no, No. (laughs) nitroglycerin uses more medical. How do I use nitroglycerin to blow things up? <laughs> like, I get that it has medical purposes now. How do I get it to make things get bigger quickly? So you know how we were talking about we needed a uh, spreadsheet for certain things earlier? We need to have a spreadsheet of topics that we've covered when we covered them. And when we blatantly said in that episode, like, hi, NSA, this is why... <laughs> I searched this topic. So when one of us inevitably ends up in court, we will have this as our backup. We were curious, okay? Half the stuff I Google doesn't make it to the show, so I'm fucked, guys. (laughs) Start talking about it. So nitroglycerin is actually a nitrate compound instead of a nitro compound. And if I was a witch, I'd know what that means. Okay, I was about to say. It's actually a what? A nitrate compound? Yes. Not not a a nitro. nitro. Oh, yep. Nope. It's like one has one ate and one had sex. The only thing I can tell you is that chemically they mean something. Okay. That's all I got. Um, One is masculine and one is feminine. No. If you're speaking a different language, it could work. This would be Latin and that's not how male and female conjugations work for Latin. Big brain. Much well. (laughs) (laughs) We're moving on. In its purest form, nitroglycerin is a contact explosive. Sort of like Tiffany. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) Meaning jostling it rapidly can have side effects. It does have a high freezing point of 55 degrees Fahrenheit, also like Tiffany, and is more stable in its solid, non-emotional form. That is the difference between me. You're more solid in your non-emotional form? I don't have a non-emotional form. She's more stable in her solid form. Mm. But with heat and melting, nitroglycerin can quickly become unstable. Oh, and the older it gets, the less stable it gets. (laughs) Like my mental health. I was about to say, can relate. Hi, I'm nitroglycerin. How are you? (laughs) How do I make myself explode? Is that why you don't like people touching you? (laughs) Yes. Are you sure you were calling out the right host of this show? Because that sounds very similar to the blonde to my left. (laughs) Wow. Much shade. (laughs) Very wow. (sighs) So when detonated, whether on purpose or by looking at it funny, a shock wave is produced that is self-sustaining. So you know how you drop a pebble into water, it kind of like triples out? Mm -hmm. The ripple effect? Ripple effect, yeah. This just like keeps going and gets bigger. (gasps) Amazing. So the shock wave can propagate at 30 times the speed of sound, which is 343 meters per second or 767 miles per hour. So 30 times that is 23,010 miles per hour. How? Why? Chemicals. Chemical X. So as the material combusts, it expands to 1,200 times its original volume and can reach temperatures up to 9,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Good googly moogly. How does anything you're trying to steal survive? How do they survive? TLDR, nitroglycerin is unstable and can quickly obliterate you. Right. Elmer also liked using it. (laughs) Obviously. Is this the story of the shortest lived villain where he tried to do something and blew himself up? And we'll find out. Oh, I don't know. In March of 1911 in Lenape, Oklahoma, Elmer was hanging out with three of his buddies. They learned that the Iron Mountain Missouri Pacific train was coming by with a safe containing $4,000. So these guys, after managing to stop the train, how? (laughs) I don't know. Superman stopped They stopped the train. They let Elmer get to work a little overzealously. Okay. He yeeted that safe so hard. (laughs) That most of what was inside got fused to the side of the safe. Oh, my God. Elmer and his gang got away with a measly $450 that they had to scrape off what was left of the anti-theft box. Fair. That would be me. I don't work well under pressure. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like, Ugh. that's like us trying to do anything. Uh, anything. <laughs> We just do it over the top. It's really loud. And we try to scrape up whatever's left and make something out of it. And then uh, sounds yeah. like Rebecca editing our episodes. <laughs> you guys have no idea. <laughs> okay. So in September of 1911, Elmer and his gang spent a couple of hours hammering a hole. This is a completely different scenario. They were hammering a hole into the wall of the Citizens Bank in Chautauqua, Kansas. Elmer was able Chiquita? to... Chautauqua? I think it's... Ch- is it Chiquita? Chiquita? I think it might be Chiquita. I... Hey, if you guys are from Kansas, feel free to correct us. <laughs> correct Rebecca and Ashley. I kept quiet on this one. Whatever. So <laughs> Elmer was able to successfully blow the vault's door off its hinges and through the bank, destroying most of the inside of the bank. Uh, he tried to do the same to the safe inside of the vault, but failed because what he set up didn't go off. And if you're working with nitroglycerin, that's a really bad thing. Yeah. Their lookout man got spooked and ran off. 
<laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> Elmer and his gang made out with $750 from a random tray in the bank. So they're like running out and just grabbed money from a nearby tray. And then they decided to part ways. For the next couple weeks, Elmer stayed with a friend in Oklahoma and drank heavily. I probably would do the same. On October 4th in 1911, Elmer would commit his final robbery. They had intel that a Katy train was carrying $400,000 as royalty payment to the Osage Nation. The crew mistakenly stopped a passenger car and made out with $46 from the mail clerk, two <laughs> demijohns of whiskey, an automatic revolver, a coat, and the train conductor's watch. Wow. <laughs> he was so bad at what he did. So Elmer was disappointed in these results. So he made his way back to his friend's place, went up into the hayloft and started making use of the whiskey he stole. After a $2,000 reward was issued for his capture, Elmer died on October 8th in 1911 in a shootout after being shot once. Oh, did they even make $2,000 the whole time? No. 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 Damn. Oh, poor guys. And that is the first half of Elmer's story. Oh. The second half will continue after this drink break. (gasps) It's a ghost. Can you mix up some spirits for us? Oh, my God. You're on the pun game now. The pun train now. I'm Rowan Hall. And I'm Tracy Harrison. And we're the hosts of the Willing and Fable podcast. Each week, we blend history, mystery, and mythology to bring you the spooky stories you wish they taught in school. Did you ever wonder why the Kraken needs a hug? Or how the saint of 5,000 women earned his title? Are there real-life vampires? Did we accidentally get our podcast cursed by a demon? Wait, what? Learn more at willingandfable.com and join us for new episodes released each Tuesday wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And we'll see you soon, okay? Wait, what was that about a demon? It's fine, don't worry about it. That was a nice little interlude. So Elmer. Elmer. What we didn't talk about. Elmer. <gasps> Ooh. Elmer's dead. Oh. <laughs> but I'm halfway through my notes. R.I.P. E. So guesses on what happens. He's a ghost. He's a ghost. No and no. What? He's not actually dead. Elmer's body was taken to the undertaker in Pahuska, Oklahoma. <gasps> the chemicals did shit to his body. Y- yes. yes. He's a power buff girl. Yes. No. Okay, I'm ready. After waiting for the body to be claimed, which didn't happen, Joseph L. Johnson, the owner and undertaker, embalmed the hell out of Elmer's body using an arsenic-based preservative. Typically, during this time period, this type of preservation method was used when next of kin could not be located or was non-existent. Joseph cleaned up Elmer, dressed him up, and stored him in the back as he waited for a next of kin to claim the body. Stored him where? In, in the, back. the back. Just in the Just back. Just chillin'? On yeah. a shelf? No. no Chilling in the freezer. No further details. After a while, Joseph decided it was time for Elmer to start paying rent and thus decided to place Elmer on display. Ah, I love it. Elmer was dressed in street clothes and armed with a rifle. For a nickel, you could see the bandit who wouldn't give up. 
a.k.a. the mystery man of many aliases, a.k.a. the Oklahoma outlaw, a.k.a. AKA the embalmed bandit. Yes! The embalmed bandit. The bandit seemed to be the name that stuck. Why don't... Never mind. I know why, because it's gross and disrespectful. But why aren't there more, like, dead bodies just chilling as amusement? That's a terrible sentence. I'm sorry. I... The, but okay no finish your thought i'm intrigued well you know how we've covered some stuff where it's like the body was on display for this amount of time or the body was a setup outside of the shop for this reason why don't people do that anymore i'm sure you probably could probably health codes that too mm. can we do that with my body before it goes to wherever it goes uh there's apparently a natural history museum that has a mummified dog corpse on display <gasps> cool from like the 20s i think they think he ran up into a hollow tree and got stuck and when then they cut down the tree they found his body <gasps> okay. and he's in like a cylindrical plexiglass case now it's pretty interesting sorry carry on mm-hmm. so the bandit attracted many visitors to the funeral parlor joseph even received offers for elmer but refused them people just wanted to like take him home yeah they wanted to buy him and do what i don't mm-hmm. know you don't want to know the answer to that Tiffany. On October 6th in 1916, a man who went by Aver claimed to be Elmer's long lost brother from California and thus claimed Elmer's body. Aver retrieved the body with a man who went by Wayne and was supposed to ship the body to San Francisco. Instead, Elmer was loaded onto a train and off he went to Arkansas City, Kansas. Arkansas City, Kansas. Yes. Okay. It's like Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. Which um, is in Missouri. We got Missouri. that. Missouri. Not Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) What? Okay, so Elmer's in Kansas now. So these two men were actually James and Charles Patterson, who own the traveling... (gasps) James Patterson, the author? No, who own the traveling carnival, Great Patterson Carnival Shows. Shocker, they had concocted the scheme to get Elmer as part of their show. Ta-da! Elmer would be shown as the outlaw who would never be captured alive. Until 1922, when Patterson sold the carnival to Louis Sonny. Wait, now how long has his body been on display? Like 11 years? Yeah, like 11 years. Ew. He's highly embalmed. It doesn't matter. arsenic. It doesn't matter. Ew. Now, okay, Tiffany, why don't they put people out in front of shops anymore? I didn't say for how long. It'd only be like a week. And then you're like, all right, this is getting kind of gross. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to think if they put them out in front of shops, they'd probably put them in a window so they could embalm them and set them up and then have like the window that they put them in enclosed. And it's actually like a refrigerated case. There are two types of people. Not the case for the Patterson Circus thing. No, probably not. I'm imagining they didn't have refrigerated train cars back then. So Lewis displayed Elmer in his traveling museum of crime, which had replicas of other famous outlaws. What? As in wax figures, not like the actual outlaws. I want to go to a museum of crime. Such as Bill Doolin and Jesse James. Hey! In 1928, Elmer accompanied the Trans-American Foot Race as a sideshow. In 1933, Elmer was acquired by Dwayne Esper to promote the film Narcotics. It has an exclamation point at the end. <laughs> oh, I it's was like, Narcotic. sounded very excited about this movie, it's Rebecca. It's a movie from 1933. Side note, Dwayne seemed to be involved with many exploitation films. These films were generally considered low-quality B-movies and either explored niche genres or lurid content. 
Straight from Wiki, exploitation films may feature suggestive or explicit sex, sensational violence, drug use, nudity, gore, the bizarre destruction, rebellion, and mayhem. These films started appearing in the 1920s. I like those. Look at where we are now. That's Uh, a typical movie you find on Turner Classic Movies at 9 o'clock on a Sunday. Right. Other movies directed by Dwayne were Marijuana, spelled with an H. (laughs) And an exclamation point? No, I just like saying, how else do you say Marijuana. No, no, I appreciate that. I was just hoping for more explanation points. And how to undress in front of your husband. I just said explanation points. (laughs) If you hadn't pointed it out, we wouldn't have noticed, but now we did. Somebody would have. How to undress in front of your husband. Yes. Step A, unbutton your pants. I don't know. I'm not married. Was this like a striptease walkthrough or like a how to be? I don't know, but the movie came out in 1937. Um, Another movie was Sex Madness. Oh, oh, don't know what that means. Reef of madness. It, uh, and also, will it happen again? This yes. one aired in 1948 and was also known as The Love Life of Adolf Hitler. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the expressions of y'all's faces. That could be an interesting topic. So his discography might be fuel for like a future episode. Hmm. Yeah. Gonna put a in that one so looping back around we're on the turntable and we're back on track okay okay, okay. train buns <laughs> chugga chugga I, I was thinking a uh record player well that's what they call the table that like you pull the train onto turns it around and you can how my cousin works with trains right i know so well. that's why you would know these things yes okay <laughs> so what's judgment in that one statement i have i have a quick random fact real quick just fyi what first refrigerated train car was 1842 okay cool so story bro and there was a company called tiffany refrigerator car company so just throwing that out there continue on that's why she brought out that fact uh-huh. so while narcotic was playing elmer would be placed in the lobby of theaters with the backstory that he had killed himself surrounded by police after robbing a drugstore to support his habit oh wow yeah no his, his narcotic habit yes his narcotic habit it has been a hot minute since elmer had been embalmed and by the time Dwayne acquired him the body had become mummified Dwayne claimed this was a result of elmer's drug abuse Oh. Yay, marketing! Yay! But really, it had to do with the nitroglycerol? The arsenic and the fact that he's been embalmed right. for almost the 30 years? The arsenic-based embalming fluid. Oh, I thought it might have to do with some, like, that chemical he was... New. No. Okay, we're just going to move on then. I just went to explain how that's an extremely unstable chemical. <laughs> <laughs> She's just trying to get it to all tie together here. That's, that's all. So during this time, Elmer was still owned by Lewis Sonny when he died in 1949. Lewis, not Elmer. Elmer's oh, already like, dead. Elmer's already dead. Elmer was placed in storage in a Los Angeles warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they put people on display anymore? <laughs> So he went into storage in 1949. In 1967, Elmer was on lend to David F. Friedman, making an appearance in She Freak, another exploitation film. <laughs> she Freaks. Ew. Ew. Was it mummified bo- Uh-uh. Okay. Um, it's probably like She Freak, not She Freaks. It's, but like, it's She Freak. Okay. It's probably about a woman having opinions and, and wanting to do things on their own. Ooh. I didn't dive into it, but the poster for it is hella trippy. Yeah. Um, in 1968, Elmer was sold to Spoonie Sign, owner of the Hollywood Ma- 
Hollywood Wax Museum with other wax figures for $10,000. But he's not a wax figure. Elmer was eventually placed on display in a show at Mount Rushmore where he suffered losing the tips of his ears and a few fingers and toes due to a windstorm. Elmer. I missed Elmer. I thought you were talking about the director for some reason. I was like, how did a windstorm cause his toes to fall off? But I'm back on track. It's Elmer. Okay. I got it. Choo-choo. After the windstorm, it was determined Elmer was too gruesome looking for display. So Spoonie sold him to Ed Lirsch, who owned an amusement zone. Don't ask me what it was. I didn't look into it. I'm assuming it's like an amusement park, but like more localized. Wouldn't he just basically be a skeleton at that point? No, he's mummified. No, he's He still has skin and hair. He's mummified. It's fine. Don't think about it. He's gross looking, but he's I'm intrigued. mummified. So come 18, 18, 1976, Elmer was hanging in a funhouse. Hanging? Oh, yes. No. Tiffany, why don't we have bodies just hanging around anymore? I meant for like a week. This is gross. He died when in 20? 1911. 11. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. This is a great story. But <laughs> December 8th in 1976, during the production of The Six Million Dollar Man, a prop man went to move a wax mannequin that was hanging in the gallows in the amusement zone. The arm broke off, exposing human bone and tissue. <laughs> You good, Tiff? Uh, yeah. Could you make your disgusted sounds into the microphone, please? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> She's so uncomfortable. I tried to... Okay, I chose this as a palate cleanser because no. of how much I scared you my past two subjects. It's fine. This is disgusting, but I'm into it. <laughs> but I'm here Welcome for it. Welcome to... Nope, not going to say Tiffany's dating or sex life. Um... <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Uh, the police were called because, you know, when you tr- go to move a wax figure and the arm falls off and it's, you know, human, you call the police. Mm-hmm. How did he know it was human? Because <laughs> there's not bones or flesh inside of wax figures. You're obviously buying your wax figures from the wrong place. What do you think wax figures are? <laughs> <laughs> Honey, they're mostly wax. Mostly. For moving on. The police were called. Elmer was taken to the Los Angeles coroner's office. An autopsy was performed. It was here that they determined Elmer had been dead for a while. (laughs) It was completely petrified. The, like, mummification kind, not the Tiffany during Halloween time. I mean, he could be if he was haunting, because I would imagine if your body was going through all that, you probably haven't really passed real smoothly. Mm -mm. So he probably, when the dude ripped his arm off, was like... There's no, like, in researching this, I didn't find anything saying, like, he was haunting his body, which I thought was weird because his remains are hella disturbed. Well, he may not be haunting the body. He could be haunting where he died. But I would imagine if I was dead and saw, like, ah, I've been living for almost 70 extra years and then some mofo tries to take me down and rips my arm off, I'd be like, you (laughs) son of a bitch. I've been so nice and calm this whole time. You have unleashed (laughs) the wrath. So we're not mummifying Ashley. No. No. Okay, so petrified Elmer, still dead. They were able to deduce that he had to have been embalmed in the 1920s-ish due to the arsenic embalming fluid used because they kind of phase that out because arsenic is bad. Fair. Um, more clues than Elmer's mysterious past were found in his mouth. <laughs> Inside his mouth was a 1924 penny and ticket stubs to sideshows and the Museum of Crime. Oh, th- did people like shove them in there? Yep. Oh, no. There's probably gum in there, too. Ew. Ew. I was wondering how he got a penny from the 20s when he died in 11, but because people are rude. Yeah, people Fair. People are people. Investigators contacted Dan Sonny, son of Lewis Sonny, and he confirmed Elmer McCurdy's identity. Oh. 
Finally, after offers from many people who were not related to Elmer to bury the body, it was decided to lay Elmer to rest, finally, in Oklahoma. On April 22nd, 1977, so like roughly 66 years after he died, Elmer was finally laid to rest in Summit View Cemetery in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Roughly 300 people attended his funeral. Wow. Right? That's kind of cool. To ensure Elmer was not stolen... They poured two feet of concrete over his casket. That's Fair. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the story and afterlife of Elmer McCurdy. That's, That's really incredible. Cool. Right? So I posted the other day that if I'm ever murdered, I want a whole podcast made about me, not just an episode. Yes. I want a whole series about me. I also... That's a lie. Never mind. Just burn me. I was about to say I also want to live on after I die, but like, just remember me. I got you. Pull a cocoa. Don't... <laughs> Don't pull an Elmer. <laughs> uh, he's fascinating. You that got, was awesome. You got real grossed out. She had a lot of emotions. I did. <laughs> but that's okay. Why don't they do this anymore? Oh my God, uh, that's disgusting. <laughs> Look, I'm a conundrum. It's fine. I'm equal parts disturbed and intrigued. So if you guys want other options on how to dispose of your body after you die, we have <laughs> or, two episodes covering that. not dispose of it in yeah. Elmer's case. Bless his heart. Well, he didn't have a whole lot of say in that, to be fair. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Bless him. Like, that would be awful. Poor guy didn't do so well in life. And then after death, that's where all of his good fortune came, was afterlife. They were like, dude, people like you. Let's go do things. So all the stuff he missed out on in life, he got to do. It's still bonkers to me that a corpse was just passed around for 66 years. Right? Now that makes me intrigued to see if there's any other that are just chilling out there. Probably. No, hmm. I'd imagine there have to be. Just being passed around. People are crazy. Yeah. I know. That's how we, why we have a podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome. <laughs> well, that was fun. Thank I was not you. expecting that. I don't know what I was expecting, but that was enjoyable. That sounded rude. <laughs> <laughs> wow, my bar is so low for Ashley <laughs> that when I am adequate, she is pleased. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> On that note, remember, friends, sometimes you say things and they don't come out the way you intended. But we do it too, so you should listen to us and feel better about yourself. Um, and everybody has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why sometimes it's not. Uh, if you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email subjects to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash theladiesofstrange. Keep it strange, lovelies. Goodbye.